the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday, October 27th, 2020, right off the top of the show, right off the top of the hour. It is a delight to welcome back to the show, Laura Trump. She is the daughter-in-law of the President of the United States and a spokesman for the Trump re-election campaign. Laura, welcome back to our airwaves. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Great to be with you. Your family, your husband was here, I guess, yesterday. I think the president's coming again tomorrow. Your family's spending a lot of time in Arizona. We're delighted to have you. Um, Before we get into Arizona specifically, um, a week out of the election, tell us just broadly speaking uh, where you see this election and where you see the stakes of this election. Well, the the stakes couldn't be higher. Um, Obviously, we know that there are two very different candidates running. Uh, for president of the United States with two very different visions for the future of America. On one hand, you have President Donald Trump, who has a proven track record of success for the American people, a man that has revitalized the American dream and brought it back, has given us, you know, the great economic highs, the likes of which we haven't seen in, in you know, decades in America, the lowest unemployment numbers in uh, the history of America in many respects, um, ending endless wars, rebuilding our military, trade uh, deals, in, you know, bringing peace to the Middle East. These are all things that in less than four years, Donald Trump has accomplished for the people of this country. And then you can contrast that on the other side with Joe Biden, a guy who's been in politics for his entire life for 47 years, um, has never held a real job before, um, much different than President Trump and has yet to deliver anything substantive for the American people, although he's been almost five decades in politics, he has now been pushed incredibly far left. He is advocating to implement socialist policies in America, things that would bankrupt our country and make us unrecognizable as the United States of America. So uh, they couldn't be any different, um, but I-, I think the stakes are very high. But I'll tell you, we feel very confident. Uh, we feel great about the American people. We know they're very smart. We saw in 2016 all the polling said that Donald Trump had no shot at winning. We know that they were wrong, and I believe they are very wrong now as well. Um, but look, we, we are very confident, but we're not cocky about it, and we're not taking anything for granted. We are out, spread out all across the country. I was out in Arizona last week, and we're working hard for every single vote, and it's a very different scene than what you'll see on the other side of the Biden campaign, where Joe Biden almost didn't even come out of his house yesterday, um, eight days away from a presidential election. So. We feel great, but we're going to work every second until this thing is locked up for President Trump on November 3rd. Good. I I think that's the right perspective. I've been saying we need to be personally or intellectually optimistic, but, you know, act pessimistically, act as act as if we're down because we don't want to take anything for granted. But you're right to Laura Trump. 
in what you're observing. Um, as as you know, someone who's kind of looked at a lot of this history, I've never seen anything like what we're seeing on both sides. These spontaneous rallies, rallies uh, on behalf of the president's reelection, not organized by the campaign. Hundreds, indeed, in cases, thousands of people honking, lining up their cars, coming out on street corners. We get it here in Phoenix. I get callers talking about it. We've seen the reports out of places like Pennsylvania and New Jersey. On the one hand, and on the other, Joe Biden, who does announce campaign events, and you get something like maybe 20 people, including the media, at these things. And I just got to think, this is unprecedented, as I say, in both cases, there's something in the American spirit that wants something about energy and action. And you get that with your father-in-law. You get quite a different picture from the other side. But as you also rightly point out, with the other side, you get something else. You, you don't only get the, the lackadaisical looking down at the shoes um, perspective. You do get this large dose, very large dose of socialism that you never saw presidential candidates embrace before. Those are the stakes we try to communicate, yeah? Oh, absolutely. And it can't be overstated. I mean, really, what is on the line here is America. And, and we don't want to give this country up. You know, once we lose our freedoms, they are not easily regained. Uh, America is only one generation away our freedom is only one generation away from extinction. We know that Ronald Reagan said that. And I think those words have never been truer than they are right now. And um, it's really frightening to see some of the ideas, whether you're talking about hacking the court or eliminating energy jobs, um, that, that Joe Biden has talked about doing. I mean, it would change America forever. And I'll tell you, having two kids, I have two young kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, I want them to grow up in the same America that I got to grow up right. in because I knew even as a kid that this was the greatest country in the world. And I was so proud to be an American. And I think that's what's on the line right now. It is as, as a country. Now, as a state, as, as you were pointing out, your family, had, including your father-in-law, spent a lot, have been spending a lot of time here. Speak directly to Arizonans, the kinds of things you talk about when you're in Arizona, the kinds of things that resonate with Arizona voters. Well, I have one of my best friends that actually lives in Scottsdale. And uh, look, I, I don't think you can overstate the economy for folks. I think that um, as we're coming out of a global pandemic, you need to know that you have someone in the White House who understands the economy, understands how to get it up and running. This president has very clearly said that he wants more tax cuts. Uh, he wants to you know, deregulate even further. He wants to remove restrictions from small businesses so that they can get back up and running. We can get people back to work. We can safely get kids back in school. We want to get back to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, I think, you know, in Arizona, as, as well as in, in many states in the Southwest, you know, immigration is a very big issue as well. And this president has stated very clearly time and time again that we are a country of immigrants, but it has to be done legally. Uh, that is why, you know, you have seen him be, take a very strong stand on illegal immigration and it affects all our lives in all different ways whether you're talking about you know drug trafficking or human trafficking um it's very detrimental to this country to have open borders and yet that is something that joe biden has said he wants uh it's very frightening to, to think especially for arizonans the implications of an election like this um but but look i think at the end of the day we all want to know we live in a safe and secure community and president trump unlike any other president, has stood beside law enforcement and, and said very clearly 
that he is the the law and order president. And if you don't have safety and security uh, in your communities, really nothing else matters. So that is at the forefront of this election as well. And I think people can very clearly see that. I think they've seen the the sad uh, state of so many Democrat-run cities across America that have not accepted the help of the president and the you know federal troops coming in to quell violence in their cities, looting, rioting. Um, people want safety, security, and they, they want to live a, a, a great life, and that's what's at stake right now, but that's what President Trump is offering. We're talking with Laura Trump. Laura, exactly right, and aside from you and maybe your husband and your brother-in-law, no one knows the president as well as you do, and you, you didn't start as a political family in the way that so many other uh, people questing the presidency or who have served as president were in politics. And what's amazing to listening to you, listening to your whole family, is you say these things, you make the case that you've just made, and you make it a lot, so crystal clear, so crystal clear in a way that you do not hear the Democrats talk about. They, you know, shade around the issues. They have a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. They have a lot of qualifications. They have a lot of self-corrections and a lot of denials about things they said. I think what's what explains it, and you tell me, what explains it is you folks have seen this from 50,000 feet as well as on the ground, and it does come back to not Republican-Democrat so much as, folks, America's in big trouble here if we go the other way you can see it on the streets you know portland may be portland today but it could be scottsdale tomorrow and it could be dallas the next day right no that's exactly right and and we do have a unique perspective as a family <laughs> you really point out none of us were ever involved in politics right uh, but i think the reason this president ran was because he saw the country going in a frightening direction i think he knew you needed an outsider someone that wasn't reliant on Washington, D.C., lobbyists, special interest groups, and quite frankly, the swamp, to come in and clean those things up. That's why I think they hate him so much. That's why they fight him every single day, because uh, he's doing a great job exposing them, and uh, he doesn't play the game they want him to play. He works on behalf of the American people, period, no matter what. Uh, and it, it really is uh, all on the line right now as we head towards November 3rd. There's something about a patriotism, isn't there, Laura, that you have uh, either grown to appreciate or grew up with in your bones, where you guys are willing to take the slings and arrows on behalf of a cause. We all talk about being involved in causes greater than our own self-interest. This is it, though, isn't it? This is what the Trump family has been involved in for the last four years and looking forward to in the next four years. You don't see it more in sharp relief than you do with your family. I got to tell you, it's a marvel to behold. And I just I just thank you guys for doing it. But that's true, isn't it? I mean, this is truly about a cause greater than yourselves. You guys aren't you guys aren't doing this for the good press, are you? <laughs> well, I mean, if we got any press at all, that was good. I, it would shock all of us. Uh, no, listen, I, I think we all realized from early on this was so much bigger than any of us. And the reality is that when you're a good person and you do the right thing, um, I think you know that, and that's ultimately what matters. And I've always operated under the assumption that um, the truth ultimately comes out. And, yep. and look, it may not happen in, in our lifetime or as soon as we want, but I do think that, that the truth comes out about our family at, at some point. So they're welcome to say all the negative things they want about us now. Um, we know we're fighting for the greater good. We know we're fighting for the future of America, and it's an honor, quite frankly, to do it. I can't think of anything more important. 
Laura, God bless. We're pulling up our socks and running with you. We may be right behind you, but we are right behind you. Godspeed to you, Laura. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your effort. We appreciate your family so very, very much. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Seth Leibson. 602-508-0960 is the number. What's your best case to friends who haven't voted yet? Let's put it all out there on the air right now. Give me a call, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Week to go, 602-508-0960. What's your pitch to people who haven't voted yet? Love to hear it. Love to rebroadcast it. I'll tell you, one of the interesting, um, there's many, but one of the interesting things I keep uh, contemplating and hearing and then contemplating about is the idea of this notion that we can return to some semblance of normalcy to some kind of halcyon moment that we had before 2017 as if it were Donald Trump's fault, as if his inauguration speech wasn't a welcoming call to everyone in America, as if the week after he was inaugurated we didn't already have calls of impeachment, as if for months after his inauguration, we didn't have continued questioning of whether or not he w- he won by dint of Russian interference based on a dossier we now know was not only fake but peddled and known to be peddled as fake by the Hillary Clinton campaign. As if there was no attempt by the left and the Democratic Party to delegitimize this president and the last election not for his first year of presidency of the presidency but going on now a full four years this notion that we can return to normal and there's a lot of aspects to it i want to discuss and then of course we had covid enter into the year and change a lot of thinking as well and it was politicized absolutely people talk to me about people tell me about they wish the president didn't politicize the corona virus is there anything more politicizing of the virus than the democrats continually claiming that he's responsible for over 200,000 deaths as they put forward a zero plan that is different than what he has put forward as they talk about listening to scientists though the scientists he listened to said we could lose 200,000 Americans if we did everything perfectly this didn't need to be politicized but again it wasn't Donald Trump that politicized it who stood who stood in Chinatown San Francisco telling people to ignore the warnings about this coming from China and everything is fine and dandy and hunky-dory hunky-dory in Chinatown and encouraged people to come there in March who did the same in New York City the mayor Bill de Blasio in the second case the speaker of the house Nancy Pelosi in the first who spoke about the coronavirus in their state of the Union address in early February well the president did who shredded that state of the Union who has politicized what here but this notion of returning to normal 
I was looking at a piece on this over at Issues and Insights, our friends uh, over there, and they refer to an America not so riven by politics, that families and neighbors no longer talk to each other because of deep political divides, an America where people again become friendly and human, where politics recedes in importance, the economy and schools reopen, and suspicion of others' political motives fade in the deep background. Do you think that happens? Do you think that happens, we get there, if Joe Biden becomes president? Do you think that's what happens? Or do you think it happens by dint of further silencing any criticism of the Democratic Party or a Joe Biden presidency? The fabled tolerant America of yore is what issues and insights call it. But whether Donald Trump wins or loses, and I think he wins, I've staked out my several reasons why, the left does have other plans. And whether it's normal or whether it's quiet is quite different than what and how we live under their plans. As Issues Insights writes, in fact, even if Trump wins in a landslide and Republicans win both chambers of Congress on his coattails, the left has plans for Trump II, the sequel known as The Disruption. It's not a dystopic fantasy. After four years of nonstop interference with Trump's presidency by the Democrats, we know it's an actual reality. There's a group called Shutdown DC, and they vow street action regardless of the outcome of the election. Here's what they write on their website. We can't ex anticipate, I'm quoting, we can't anticipate exactly how Trump and his enablers will try to attack democracy, although we have been gaming out a number of different scenarios. But we know that the stakes are too high to sit on the sidelines and wait. That's why we're making plans to be in the streets before the polls even close, ready to adapt and respond to whatever comes our way. Get that? in the streets before the polls even close. That means mass intimidation and instilling of public fear. The left's imagined boogeyman? Well, they've been putting this out in the Washington Post. They've been putting out in the New Yorker a Trump coup, which, of course, in their fevered imaginations means any Trump victory at all. Trump has shown, they write, that he will stop at nothing to maintain his grip on power. Trump will not leave office without mass mobilization and direct action, the group says. You know what that means? It means expect riots. I could go on, and I will in a few moments. But where did this notion ever come from that it's going to take some form of coup to remove Donald Trump from the presidency because he would not leave if he weren't reelected. Is it any different than Hillary Clinton saying don't concede? Is it any different than that? Is it any different than Hillary Clinton speaking for four years about how she was the rightly elected president but for Russian interference? When he says he wants to make sure every vote is counted and he will wait till every vote is counted, is that any different than what the Clintons and the Democrats say? It isn't. And yet, and yet, he's the one, evidently, according to them. It's a fiction. It's a creation. He's the one, according to them, who it's going to take a coup to remove from office. You know what? If it were, if he were so unpopular, 
And if they were so convicted they could win, there would be no talk of this. There's that tell again, isn't there? I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 minutes past the hour gives us our culture and economy update with the great John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. How you doing, John? Fantastic. Hey, you know what a nickel would buy you a number of years ago? Uh, a good five-cent cigar? Well, close, but back in, uh, I believe it was 1904, New York City, they opened up their uh, subway. And for a nickel, you could take the ride on the subway back in 1904, October 27th. No kidding. Yeah. No Just kidding. for a nickel. Yeah, 100,000 no. people stood in line. 7 p.m. it opened up, and there you go. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was I was thinking of a nickel and that five-cent cigar thing because right. that, that was an old famous quote by one uh, Tom Marshall, who was the uh, vice president to Woodrow Wilson, who, made that, who said that quote. He said, what this country needs is a good five-cent cigar. Cigar. <laughs> And we're, that's maybe the most famous thing Thomas Marshall ever <laughs> said. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyhow, you can't get uh, that ride on the subway and you can't get, get that cigar. You can buy stocks, though, not for five cents, I suppose. But the stock market, a uh, little mixed today. Yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about is, because I'm now really interested in what the experts are hearing, what are you hearing from your clients? Uh, I know they go to you for expertise, but what right. is there? Is there a unification of concern your clients are raising with you these days? Uh, yeah, that, that's a very good question, Seth. And you're, the answer is yes, of course. And the election is on everyone's mind. I don't know why. I mean, it's <laughs> not as if, <laughs> right? It, it, you can't get away from it. Right. And, of course, with all of the uh, negative ads out there, all the fear-mongering that's going on, People are concerned. They're afraid. They're wondering, hey, what's going to happen to uh, my retirement? What's going to happen to my savings? What's going to happen to my investments in the stock market? Are we going to have some type of a major uh, correction if, you know, uh, the White House uh, changes? And so there's a lot of a lot of concern, and that's a, it is a common um, question that I get. But I, I think what I would like to say for the listeners out there is how important it is to invest based on a, you know, what's happening in the economy today and where we believe we're going, okay? So we want to look forward when we think about investing because, again, investing is for the long term. Even if you're retired, if you've got money in the stock market, you're not buying a stock necessarily today because it's tomorrow it's going to go up tremendously in value. We're looking at the future of that company over time, over a year, two, three, five years, ten years even. Where is that company going to be? Is it going to generate enough growth for us or income, if that's what we're in search of, to accommodate our, our needs? And so it's so important to invest based on the current and future economic conditions and stick to what I would call sound principles when investing. And don't panic. And don't panic. Don't panic, but but it is fair to say, looking at, say, the different tax and income plans of the mm-hmm. parties, right. that one candidate, namely the president, will keep things fairly where they were. 
right. where another with individuals in the higher income brackets will see dramatic changes at the income capital gains and corporate tax rates, correct? I mean, that is a fair assessment. I mean, that's what's being touted, no question about it. There's not, they're not even hiding it. That's what they're saying, yes. Knowing, so, knowing that, yeah, go ahead. Knowing yeah, that. so knowing that, what are we going to do? Well, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen day one. Okay. It won't right. happen day one, so right. you're going to have time you know, to make adjustments. But, you know, the election is in November. Hopefully we'll know who the winner is before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and you will have time to make adjustments to your portfolio. Maybe it's it's time to take some of those gains that you've uh, accumulated over the years. And uh, if you're thinking, you know, taxes are going to go up, capital gains taxes are going to go up, this could be a year where you harvest some of those gains and offset them against some potential losses that you have. So that's always a strategy uh, that we will utilize for our clients every year, no matter if there's an election or not, Seth, uh, is is we want to be as tax efficient as possible. So I would say this, if there is a change, then we're going to probably be making some adjustments to our portfolio accordingly, because that would mean that most likely the current economic condition is going to change. And there there are various uh, degrees of risk based on things people can look at, right? So certain forms yes. of investment, I guess, is the way I'm suppo- I should say it. Certain forms of investment incur more or and certain forms incur less risk. Money market and have funds oppor- versus... Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and right. have opportunity for growth based on Equity the current funds. economic conditions. Right, right now, we're not necessarily probably looking at uh, oil as an investment, right. but we might be looking at other forms of energy that could be uh, an investment based on what's happening. So those are the types of things that we're going to be looking at for our clients. Perfect. And I encourage folks, if you have questions about it, call me. That's why we okay. have you, John. I love that. Thank you, you sir. You bet. com. Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and Civic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks so much, Seth, for all you do. You too, John Dombrowski. Thank you for all you do. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Dolly makes everything a little better, doesn't she? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I want to hear from you. But in hearing from you, I got this, I received this um, short email from a listener this morning, listener Howard. And um, I think it says a volume. I think it just says a volume. He says he was listening to the podcast I did with Bill Bennett. What was that, about two weeks ago, Bill? And we were... Yeah, the 17th, so 10 days ago. Um, and he, he was listening to it, and he noted that Bill and I were talking about the left and their endless condescension. Here's what Howard writes. They have always, the left, has always managed the subtlety of speaking as if no reasonable person ever thought otherwise. True. I'll repeat it. The left has always managed the subtlety of speaking as if no reasonable person ever thought otherwise. And then his next sentence. Conservatives never sound that way. I think there's a volume of wisdom in that. The left has always managed the subtlety of speaking as if no reasonable person ever thought otherwise. Conservatives never sound that way. Now... Why do conservatives never sound that way? I think for two reasons. I think, first of all, we recognize what that great 
British member of parliament said, we don't treat opinion as fact. They do. The left treats opinion as fact. We don't. And thus, I think you even see a much greater set of debates, uh, a much greater set of debates over a much greater set of issues within the conservative movement. Think about this. Is there a never-Biden movement of any consequence whatsoever? No, not from establishment Democrats or establishment liberal house organs and magazines and former political consultants. No, there isn't. Think about that because it's not a perfectly apt analogy unless I give the other side of it, the Never Trump movement on our side. It's divided into two, really, to take them seriously. There are a handful of them who disagree with Trump on policy, but most of them don't. Most of them don't. But for that handful that disagree with them on policy, they're not saying what the left says about Joe Biden, are they? The left, take Ilan Omar for a moment. She said uh, this morning that Joe Biden will ultimately embrace the left wing of the Democratic Party, as if he hasn't enough already. He gives the signal, he gets called on it, then he apologizes for it. The left is convinced that Donald, that uh, Joe Biden will do what they ask because he's become, of course, dependent on them. And he is where, as many have said, the heart of the Democratic Party is. It's, never that he, it's not ever that he's been a centrist. It's that he has been where the Democratic Party is. If it was a, um, if it was a uh, Jimmy Carter party, that's where he was. If it was a Michael Dukakis party, that's where he was. If it was a Bill Clinton party, that's where he was. If it's a Bernie Sanders party, that's where he is. And that's why, of course, he signed off on what we call the manifesto. They call an agreement with Bernie Sanders. And that's why, of course, in all the candidates he looked to, all the candidates he looked to in selecting his vice presidential nominee, he went to the left most voting member of the United States Senate. It made no political sense, did it, in any other way? He didn't need California. He didn't need someone, I should say, to help him win California. Kamala Harris was not any kind of a runner-up or even third, fourth, fifth, or sixth tier also ran in the Democratic primaries. She was out before Iowa. She, she did less well than almost the entire rest of the Democratic field. It made no other sense unless you were trying to send some kind of signal to the most leftward base of the party. Right? Right. And they indeed do talk. Kamala Harris talks. The left talks. You have friends and family who talk, the way listener Howard said, as if to believe anything other than what the Democrats believe is to be insane. Why don't we talk that way? Because we know there's a debate. We know there's a debate. We know people have different opinions. We know because we don't censor. We are not 
the cancel culture. They are. Why do you think they're the cancel culture? They're the cancel culture because they brook no intolerance of their position. They brook no debate over their positions. We do. Yes, it makes us, I suppose, more sophisticated and bigger people. But the point I think Howard's making, if he's listening and disagrees, he'll let me know. But the point I think he's making is maybe we need to start sounding a little bit more like they do about our positions. Um, take one. Take one. You mean you think it's a good idea to raise people's taxes in the midst of an uncertain economy after going through a series of shutdowns through a pandemic? You want to make it harder on employers? Get out of here. Do we talk that way? Maybe some of us do. Donald Trump does. Do most of our party leaders talk that way? Take another issue. It's much on everyone's minds, for sure, race. You mean you think the color of one's skin or where they were born means anything? Get out of here. We don't talk enough that way. Now, to be fair, Donald Trump does. And to be fair, it has made him the target like no other Republicans have been targeted before. But I think it's because he's learned to play their game. And maybe that's not even fair. It's not learned to play their game. It's learned to answer them at their level. That's what it's about. Learn to answer them at their level. It's not just Donald Trump. I, I, I'm massively impressed if you listen to the interviews we or others have done with members of the Trump family. Uh, we've had them all, right, Bill? We've had Eric. We've had Donald. We've had Laura. I think, right? We've had them all, haven't we? Yeah. If if you listen to them, this apolitical family, they speak more clearly about politics than any other political family I've ever heard. Why is it? I think because clear thinking. I think for sure because clear thinking. But I also think because they have been schooled by the volume of the left and schooled they have taken education they have taken from the left and they have figured out you know what it is time to start talking about opinions as truths and the truth ain't on the other side i'm seth we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Dave's in surprise. Hi, Dave. Good afternoon, teacher. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Thank you, sir. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for all you've been doing. I know you have been working this campaign hard. Good for you. As a volunteer. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Uh, I As just a sovereign volunteer. Not even, you know, not even part of a campaign. You're just out there doing it. I love it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. I, I, I think the republic's worth it. So I'm happy to donate some time and effort. Thank you. Um, and and on that, on, along that vein, we had an amazing rally this this weekend. Twenty thousand cars. It was unbelievable. Can I stop and pause on that and oh, you tell me if I'm wrong? Please. But the, and again, this is not organized by the campaign. This is just no, uh, no. It's just us patriots yeah, that get yeah, together. Yeah. I've got a Incredible. network of friends, and we all reach each other on Twitter or Facebook. We cross post stuff. Um, I do a humble little event. Each Friday at the I-17 Carefree Highway Incredible. that draws over 200 people each week. And, and we all have a network of friends. And we have a, a big rally that we do 
nationwide each month in all 50 states. It's like the boat rally just for people that are too poor to afford boats. It's fantastic. It's incredible and it's important you know my mantra on this it's so important that other people see that they're not alone that other people see oh there are trump voters oh and they're happy and they're excited and that they're energetic and that they care it's just so important dave thank you for doing it absolutely yeah i shared this just quick on that point i shared this with uh, dr gorka today good we're all proud to be happy warriors and this is the one of the rare occasions where being an enabler is actually okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Usually there's a negative connotation to that. No, I know, but it's important. I guess enabling can, it's like money. It can be spent on good things. It can be used for good or bad. And and that's the important thing to think about. When it's in the service of the last best hope of Earth, my gosh, enable away. Well, now to the dangerous part, I need to humbly disagree with you, if you don't yeah, mind. Please. And I rarely do so. so no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So um, you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, the lack of enthusiasm with Biden, and you were surprised that he didn't move back to the middle, because that's the normal play, right? Yeah. But I think early on, Pelosi and Schumer, and I think Biden's an empty vessel, so he's doing whatever they tell him to do. But I think early on in 18, they saw that there was no energy in the Democrat Party, in the movement. And again, it's a Democrat, not Democratic, because they are Oh, the you've said Democratic. a lot there. That, that's an important sentence. Here's my, here's my problem, and, and you're, you probably sure. know. I have to hit the break. I okay. have John Hinderocker coming on. You are welcome to hold, but I want to pursue this with you right after John. If you want to either hold or call back in, in about 20 minutes, this is, you've opened up two things that I think are really worthy of, of throwing around a little bit. Is that fair? I'm on board, sir. All right. You can hold or call us back, and others can weigh in on this, too. 602-508-0960. I'm not sure if it's a disagreement or not. It might be a little bit, but it's certainly friendly and in the good service of our republic. We'll be right back.